Lord give you his peace. Amen. We have the commemoration for all of the deceased of the Seraphic Order. And, um, but today is also the feast of St. John the 23rd, good Pope John. Uh, so we don't want to forget him. And uh, the, the readings today are pretty amazing. The first reading from Galatians, all about circumcision. I'm not going to talk about that here at the convent. Um, so let's focus on the gospel, although the two are actually related. So Jesus has this famous teaching about the Pharisees cleansing the outside of the cup, but the inside of the cup is uh, dirty. And uh, this is an analogy for the person. And uh, what Jesus is inviting them to do here is to develop a greater sensitivity to the soul. And boy, is that a needed message today, huh? A lot of people walking around are greatly neglecting the life of the soul. And um, so how can we understand the soul? It's mysterious, huh? There's, we understand our bodies, at least partially, you know, the material part of us, but there's the immaterial, non-corporeal part of us, our souls, our spirit. And it's mysterious and it's hard to understand what that is and, and how it works, if I could put it that way. So the scriptures give us uh, a couple of categories. And the category in today's gospel is clean versus dirty. You could have a clean or a dirty soul. And that's interesting. Huh? Obviously, it's an analogy, and uh, it's uh, you could imagine the body. If we could update a little bit the analogy Jesus is giving us here, imagine a person who's got really nice, clean clothes on, but their body is really dirty, like pig pen. You know, like there's it's a kind of a funny image, huh? Um, so the soul can be clean or it can be dirty. It can be, you know, for the Jews, they, they had a great sense of a ritual cleanliness or uh, uncleanliness, and you'll see that in a lot of the passages. And um, so, what makes the soul dirty is sin. Sin. That's what makes the soul dirty. So when a person does something they shouldn't have done, they've broken one of the commandments, they've, they've you know, done something wrong or evil, it does something to the soul. And actually, this is why God has asked us to stay away from sin, is because it hurts us. It wounds us. That's another example, like woundedness, you know, broken and woundedness versus like wholeness or healthiness you know it's another you could look at your soul is it broken and wounded or is it healthy and and uh, healed uh, so this is why God has asked us to stay away from sin because it hurts us you know our soul and um, when we cooperate with God's grace when we uh, with the help of his grace commit an act of love it cleanses the soul it heals the soul so that's how souls can get clean <laughs> you know, through prayer and through good works with the help of God's grace. So Jesus gives that example. If you give alms, you, your soul will be cleansed. That's interesting, huh? Now, in order to uh, maybe crack open a little more what Jesus is talking about here, we need to understand that there are two aspects of the individual. Uh, in today's age, we're really focused on the individual person, you know, rugged individualism, maybe a little bit too much, you know, that each person is their own person. But you can also see the person in its communal aspect. And uh, so we are not just ourselves, no man is an island, but as members of the human race, we are in fellowship with one another. There's a solidarity, there's a communion that, that we're all connected, especially in the body of Christ. And so uh, there is no such thing as a purely private personal sin. Whenever we sin, we not only do we hurt ourselves, but we hurt the world. We hurt the body of Christ. And there are a lot of passages that talk about that. That's why, you know, we go to the sacrament of confession. You don't just confess your sins privately to God alone, although that's good as well. But we go to confession because there is no personal, private sin that I'm not hurting anybody. <clears throat> yes, you are, <laughs> you know. 
we're, commun we're in communion, we're in solidarity. And, and, and then, so that's a little depressing. Let's flip it over. <laughs> Acts of love. There is no such thing as just a purely private individual act of love. Every little act of love benefits the whole body, benefits all of humanity, right? Mother Teresa would say, you know, works of love are works of peace. You know, so even little individual efforts uh, have some impact on the whole. And uh, isn't that beautiful? So there's the spiritual and corporal works of mercy um, that will help and benefit the coming of the kingdom, and it will help and benefit the healing and cleaning up of our own souls. Now, uh, I don't have time to develop in a daily mass homily this idea, but there are two, there are two uh, directions that you can take this kind of understanding of the soul and what makes the soul clean and what makes the soul dirty and you know, a greater sensitivity to our spiritual side. One would be purgatory. I love to talk about purgatory. The thing you need to understand about purgatory is that what you go through in purgatory is going to be related to your sins here on earth. There is a corollary. There is a connection, you know, because purgatory is all about cleaning you up, preparing you so that you're able to stand in the presence of an all-loving, pure God. That's what it's about. You know, so you're saved. It's not a second chance. You die in his grace. You're saved by Christ. But there needs to be some kind of transformation, sometimes a purification, some type of healing or cleansing of you that allows you to be in the presence of God, like to, to stand in his presence. He who is just all pure, all love, all goodness. Like you're just not even going to be able to be in his presence if you've got stains. And, you know, and so but the, the purification of purgatory will be somehow connected to what you did what you didn't do, you know, your sins, you know, so if you're um, somehow doing a particular sin or whatever, you gotta somehow face up to that in purgatory, make amends, make reconciliation, the, the fire of his love and the, the cleansing water of his grace has to somehow uh, do something to your soul. So there, there's a suffering that's there, but it's always connected to your own culpability, your own life. And probably you could say the same thing for the people who reject God and go to hell, that somehow their punishments are connected to their sin, you know? So uh, that is, uh, ah, it's interesting. And then the other area that you could, could uh, understand this thing about the soul and sin versus good works and cleanliness and, and um, dirtiness for the soul would be the way the sacraments work. And uh, so a little word on that, because it's really important. Um, the sacraments are, cannot be just purely external rituals, almost like magic. Do this and say that and voila, you know, something supernatural will happen. It doesn't work like that at all. So if a person goes to confession and they're not sorry, even if the priest gives them absolution, the absolution is not going to do anything for them. They have to be sorry. It's not magic. Or if a person's living in the state of sin or they're living in um, uh, a way of life that is in contradiction to the commandments, it's not like the Pope has authority to say, well, now you can go to confession and go to communion if you're divorced and remarried and your first uh, union hasn't been investigated whether or not it's annullable. You know, even the Pope doesn't have authority to do that. And it's sad that people don't understand that, that if you're living in the state of sin or you're living in uh, a, a way that's contradictory to what God has revealed, you can go to communion. It's not going to do you any good. You can go to confession. It's not going to do you any good. The sacraments are not magic. There has to be that interior disposition to be, you know, to repentance and to openness to his grace. And uh, if that's not there, not only would the sacraments not do you any good, but they may actually harm you. Isn't that scary? St. Paul talks about that. For people who receive communion unworthily, they get sick and they die, you know, because it's blasphemous. It's a, a sacrilegious communion or, you know, uh, so 
these are things that maybe a lot of people haven't heard about or maybe don't understand, but all of that really is connected to the idea of the soul and what makes the soul clean or dirty, what makes the soul you know, healed or wounded. And um, so these things are all connected, huh? At least in my mind they are, you know? So what is the takeaway for us this morning? You know, the outside of the cup and the inside of the cup, you know, uh, with the help of God's grace, we try to cooperate. We try to, to do works of mercy and acts of love, not because we're gonna earn his grace or his love, but it's more that we cooperate with his grace and his love so that our interior could match our exterior, you know, the cleanliness that's there. I was thinking um, for my closing analogy of this uh, experience I had at the Dead Sea. You go into the Dead Sea, you know, you get a chance to go and swim and that is so weird, right? Because the mineral content is so high, it's like six times more salty than the ocean. And there's mud, so everybody loves to, to you know, there's spas there and you can buy cosmetics and treatments with the mud at the Dead Sea because it's good for your skin. So what you do is you go and you get all mudded up. It's just something you have to do. At least. <laughs> And then, we, then you got to get out, and you get out, and you look like the creature from the, the Blue Lagoon, you know, you're all. And then on the edge of the shore there, there are these shower heads, you know, and then there's like a thing that you pull, and then the water comes. And uh, so you're all dirty, you're all crazy, muddy looking, and, uh, but there is a shower there, and you know, you pull the thing and the water will come out. And that's a symbol of God's grace, God's mercy, God's cleansing. But you have to go over there and then once that you step, step under the water that's flowing, you know, you have to cooperate. You know, you can't just stand there. You're not going to get that clean. You actually, you know, so there's the work of God's grace and there's our free cooperation with that grace. And uh, for me, that became like an analogy of the spiritual life and of the quality of the soul. That yes, you know, we need the water. We need the grace. We need his mercy. We can't do it on our own. But on the other hand, we have to cooperate with it. So my recommendation is get under that water and then also scrub, and if you've got a bar of soap as well, you know, to, to, to cooperate. Those two have to come together to be cleansed. And uh, that's, so that's the, the grace of the sacraments. That's the grace of um, doing works of mercy. And uh, they help and they affect our soul. Amen.